ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on the Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bedoff. Joining me this evening, Earl. Yeah, tell Earl, how you doing? How was your weekend? And uh, you're back in your you're back in your second home this week, I see. Yeah, I figured I might as well come back to my second home. Um, how am I doing? Uh me and Marlena both have been down under the weather the past few days, so it's been it's been going for sure. Yeah, there's uh, there's something going around apparently. So hopefully uh, you and Marlena are doing well. Hopefully uh, Maya didn't get it. Yeah, she also has it. She has a nasty cough. I've had that nasty cough for a couple weeks now. Um, Maybe get that long Rona. God, I hope not. I've never had yeah. it in the first place. I would. That yeah, you you were uh, you've been pretty fortunate to have not gotten it at any point. So, um, but otherwise, how was your weekend? What did you guys get up to? What did you, uh, did you watch anything? I mean, obviously, you watched you know United play on Friday. Yeah, I did watch that. Okay. Um, we didn't really do much. I mean, we we're we we're all under the weather, so we kind of just hung out at home. Um. Didn't really do much at all. All righty then. Uh, did, did you watch any NFL this weekend? I know I didn't. I mean, I was out of the, the soccer complex all weekend. but So we watched uh, college football. I watched mm-hmm. the Colorado University Buffaloes, um, who I am kind of hooked on at this point. Uh, I watched them late at night. And then Sunday morning we got up and watched some football. Who am I kidding? We watched all the football all day. We put on mm-hmm. NFL Red Zone and just watched every game um, into Monday night to where I'm actually kind of afraid for any game to play to be played on Monday night at this point. Why is that? Because if you look back at the past few Monday nights, Monday night football games, mm-hmm. um, the past three that have been aired on national TV, ABC, or whatever channel it may be. Um, you have the DeMar Hamlin cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. Then you have Aaron Rodgers blowing out his his Achilles. And then you have Nick Chubb, who God bless his left knee. Mm-hmm. Because for the second time, he has a career-threatening knee injury. Yeah, that's the one he tore uh, all three ligaments in a couple years ago. Yeah, he tore that 2015 at Georgia, and then God knows what the diagnosis is on this one, but I know it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that he's done for the year, so uh, apparently Kareem Hunt is visiting the Browns again, so that... Uh... And also, on top of all of that, um, somehow, I seem to be... In the last place in the league that I created. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is very true. Um, I honestly didn't even look at it uh, to see where the standings lie on that. Um, because I know I was getting... If you cannot look at it, that'd be great. Yeah? Okay. Perfect. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting opening few weekends to the NFL season. Falcons are 2-0. Cowboys are 2-0. Three of four teams in the NFC South are 2-0. Um, so I have no idea who's going to win that one, but I do know that I came out on top of Earl Nieto this weekend in our fantasy football league. 
Um, I know it was dicey early, but you know, my, my team's looking all right here after week two. Yeah. If you could just leave Joe Burrow in, that'd be great. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I don't know what to do with him, man. Like it, He's just, yeah, I, I, I just don't even know. I, 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 I thought about taking him out this week. I was like, no, I'll get, you know, I'll see what happens. And then he, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. So um, I, I'm not impressed with Joe Burrow this season uh, at all. Uh, I do have a couple decent uh, flex players though. So, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get at this point. That's only helping your ass as a flex players. Right. <laughs> Everyone else uh, sucks. Exactly. Um, but moving into the, uh, the the nature of our show, New Mexico United, obviously, or we've got a big week to get to this week. Uh, three matches to talk about on Saturday. New Mexico United hosted, or Friday, actually, not Saturday, Friday. New Mexico United hosted Indy 11 out at the lab. And well, I, it, I almost want to say, I almost said squeaked out a 3 2 win, but that's not even the case because United was up 3 1 at one point and gave up a you know a late goal there to make it 3 2, but wasn't enough time for Indy to do anything with it. But I mean, watching this game Friday night, I mean, United got off to a fast start. They looked pretty good early on. They had three shots on, you know, uh, three shots within the first five minutes, you know, uh, and, and then things started to look as though they might fall apart. I mean, Earl, looking at just, you know, the first, you know, 15 minutes to half hour of this game, I mean, what was going through your head, you know, on Friday evening? Um, I don't remember what time they scored. How into it was it? Ninth minute. <laughs> yeah, ninth minute. Um, Once that goal went in, I, I was thinking... Here we fucking go. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're notorious for. Is scoring early and not getting back into it. But then... We scored. Mm-hmm. And then we scored again. And then we scored again! <laughs> um. So yeah, so I was kind of shocked by it. Uh, we, we definitely played one of the games of our lives for sure, because Mm -hmm. without this win, I don't think we're sitting here talking in a happy mood. No, probably not. Um, because honestly, I I feel like if United had lost on Saturday, I I think our playoffs odds would have dropped to about 3%. If if my math is correct, it would have been very, very slim. Not that it was even, not that it was much better heading into Friday night, but it, I don't know. I would I don't know if I would say you know game of our lives, but it's probably one of the I would put it in the, you know the top five games of the season, perhaps top seven games of the season potentially, um, because it, it still wasn't a complete performance. We've talked about that all season long. Have we seen a complete performance against anybody? And and really, you probably have to go back to the, the the last Sacramento match to where you see a complete match from United. But you know, you look at the the way we played on Friday, the way we responded to that goal, the way that Andrew Thomas, you know, picked things up off of a very questionable penalty call on Friday evening. Um, you know, you you have to look at it and say, okay, 
they they didn't roll over. They didn't, you know, they didn't lay down. They didn't. And here's that penalty right there. Super questionable penalty call right here because you see Kalen pull up. You see Gonzati, you know, drag his feet and invite that contact. And if you ask me from watching this one, you know, live and on the replay, I mean, it's just a, a terrible call by the referee here. But then Andrew Thomas, you know, comes up big. Gwenzadi is actually two of his last seven on penalty kicks. Um, and that's just this year. Uh, so, I mean, is Gwenzadi the guy that you want taking that? Probably not. But after him getting that early goal, you know, you you have the opportunity to go up 2-0 early, and they just they, they didn't do it thanks, you know, to Andrew Thomas, who, in my opinion, is quite possibly man of the match. Yeah, definitely. Um, the header that went in in the ninth minute, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about that. You're on one end of the post. They shoot it to the other side. I mean, you're not going to jump an entire goal to get that block. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, headers, I'll give it to you every day of the week. Um, it happened. He then turned around and blocked a penalty, which, in my opinion, if they go up, if they get that second penalty, our our morale and motivation to even play is gone. Completely mm-hmm. shot. Um... So, yeah, in my opinion, Andrew Thomas definitely man of the match because of his save in that 28th minute. His penalty save is what kind of sparked us to go. I mean, you look at it, they scored in the ninth minute. We turn around and make the save in the 27th or the 20, 28th minute, 27th minute, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. time it is. And then we score right before half. Yeah. We don't ever score in nine minutes. I no, talked not, about it last not week. usually. Last week I talked about it. In those dying minutes of the matches, whether it's the dying minute of the first half, dying minute of the match, we don't score. We play panic. And I mentioned that. Um, I don't remember what, what minute it was, but we were playing panicked probably that middle stretch between – I want to say about the 30th to 40th minute. We had no organization or the ball was just flying all over the place. It wasn't clean soccer. Mm-mm. It, it wasn't. And that's something that we have that we've seen all year long. You know, we go through stretches where uh, players aren't composed, where, you know, passes are off, shots are off. Guys aren't reading, aren't making the right reads. And I actually got a text from, uh, from Harry during the middle of the game on Saturday saying United does not look good. And he wasn't wrong at that point. It was, you know, I think it was right, right around the 30th minute or so. And we really did not look good. But then you see, you know, this run of play here, you know, first of all, you got the athleticism of Amanda Moreno to number one, bring that ball down. Josh does. And you see, we basically got, we've got the numbers here and great vision by Nikki Hernandez to find Sergio out to the right. And it wasn't necessarily a great shot by Sergio. And realistically, I probably should have been saved. The keeper got a hand on it, but you know, Sergio got just enough on it to, to, to squeak it into that bottom right corner. And you know, that really kind of set the tone there for the rest of the match. And you know, we, we talked about we talked about it every week, I think. You know, Nicky Hernandez just he does tremendous things on and off the ball, and his, his vision is unbelievably good. And his decision making is 
he's probably been the, the best decision maker we've seen since he's joined the team. Yeah, absolutely. Nicky Hernandez is definitely definitely needs to stay with the club for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. he has invigorated this team to want to do things. And it's passes like he did there to where he passes it out to Serge instead of taking the shot himself. It's selfless ball is what he's playing. Yeah, it is. And that's something. Can you rewind that like eight seconds? Well, uh, we'll go back here to uh, the the start of the the start of the second half here. Oh, no, I just needed eight seconds ago because if you see, you'll see Schneider board again, take a half-ass shot once again. Yeah, so so I brought brought this back because – I wanted to show two things. One, you've got the pass from Nicky Hernandez, you know, playing Schneider Borgelin through on that there in the 50th and the 51st minute there. Um, so great run by Schneider, great vision by uh, Nicky here. I think here Schneider just gets pushed out a little bit too far and he can't quite get the ball back and he didn't necessarily have any sort of help in the box. And it still nearly ended up being a goal uh, for Armando Moreno there. Uh, as they try to get, but yeah, again, uh, not a great shot here by, by Borgelin. We'll take a look at that one here one more time. I mean, you know, Amando tries to chip the ball. And so it kind of comes out at a funky angle and it's really, it really, Borgelin really doesn't have a clean shot here. Now I put it again, that doesn't excuse the poor shot. It doesn't excuse that at all, but you know, he it's, it comes down at a funky angle. He doesn't necessarily have a clean look, but yeah, it's, he, he had a few moments in this one where I expected more out of him and he didn't deliver. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I've said it, what, six weeks in a row now? Schneider Borgelin is not the answer. And I don't care who you are and what you say. You can, you can be David Carl. And say that he has a bunch of hold up play. He has a whole he's tremendous athleticism to the club. I don't know what soccer you're watching, but it's not the one we're watching. Because if you watch that fifty first minute shot, I could take a better shot than that. <laughs> All right, so we'll go back and we'll take a look at that one one more time. So here's uh, here's the one that you have that you have an issue with. So yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, so yeah, it bounces off like I think the back of the defender. But yeah, it's you know that ball. So yeah, it bounces off the back of the defender. Why are you going to one touch that thing from outside the box? Well, given the positioning and given where the defenders are, like, would you rather him bring it down and then try to dribble around while and give them an opportunity to, to get that get their defense set and drop back, or would you rather him tr- attempt to one time it? And you know when you've got couple defenders with their backs to him. I I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on Schneider Borgelin. I don't know. I don't think so because I've seen it on multiple different posts around social media. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why you take that shot in any world. Yeah, Yeah, I, I get it. You have five people looking the other way. You're trying to catch the the keeper off guard. Whatever the case may be. Regardless of that, you're not a good shot taker. Yeah, so far he hasn't. Towards anything. Yeah, Yeah, so far he has not shown that he has great shot selection. But here on this play, he he drops back 
gets involved, he actually starts this play here off. You see a great pass by Zico Bailey out to the right for, for Nikki. And then that cut back on his left by Nikki, just absolutely phenomenal, curling that ball into the bottom left-hand corner. And then, of course, you get the dance from Nikki Hernandez after scoring. Uh, I, I mean, Zico Bailey can't, just cannot say enough about him. Like, he's he, he and, and Nikki have been absolutely instrumental in pretty much every good thing that's happened um here at the last you know, month and a half of the season so far um and like i just i can't wait to see like if they can continue to do this if we keep them signed for next year i think that would be massive if we can um i, I think it's a tall task though i i don't know what our odds of keeping them are but i would love to see them back in the black and yellow next year yeah i don't know what their contract looks like and unfortunately we probably never will um Unfortunately, we it's just the way the USL works. We just will never know any kind of anything towards anything in the league. Yeah. Um, so, hands down, for sure, we definitely need to keep Nikki uh, and Zico for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, how that's not a penalty, I still don't fucking know. That was a penalty. Oh, that was a penalty. Yeah, that was, that was that one was that penalty. wasn't a penalty that I was kind of confused about. Yeah. Yeah, no, this one here was a penalty because you see you know, Greg does get the touch there and the keeper can, makes does not get the ball at all, completely takes out Hursty, uh, gets the penalty for United. And this uh, um, this is only the second penalty that United has had all season long. The, the only other penalty that United had been given was back in week, in the very first match of the season against uh, Miami FC. So we've gone nearly an entire season without a penalty being awarded, which is absolutely ridiculous. But, um, you know, the run-up to this play, it was uh, – we'll go back here. There's the foul. So right here, you see Greg Hurst step in, take the ball away, and really put pressure on that back line there. And Greg Hurst creates this all by himself. You know, great great job by him to poke that ball away and then the, and the pace to get down there and get onto the ball – and put himself in that opportunity. I mean, this clearly is a penalty right here compared to the call against Kalen Ryden in the first half. Like it, it's it's night and day. Um, and just you know, obviously Justin Portillo, Iceman. I think the uh, USL Championship put out that he's 22 of his last 25 and PKs. So yeah, you know, you I think in a in a way you want like a Mondo up there. You want someone else. Give them the opportunity. Maybe even give it to Hursty, you know, give them a chance to to build some of that confidence. But I don't disagree with putting Justin in there. I mean, Justin's obviously very, very good at what he does. Um, so I, I can't argue too much about that there. Uh, Jane, to your point, Zico, Nikki, Amanda, Sergio. Absolutely. Those four guys have been tremendous for us this year. I mean, you could throw Brucey in there too. Now, I mean, Brucey spent, you know, the past month or so hurt. Um, but that doesn't diminish, you know, what he did in those first few matches after, uh, after Eric Cole took over. But yeah, you, you look at everything here and it's like really good performance. Obviously the, this last second goal here, you know, we'll go back and we'll look at it again here real quick. It's just, just a weird, kind of a weird sequence here, you know, ball out left gets kind of flicked on and then the ball just kind of like drops, you know, like. 
And it's not that anyone was in terrible positioning. It just fell behind everybody. So it's, it's, it's fortunate that it happened late enough that Indy didn't have an opportunity to do anything with it. But I, I mean, you look at the way United played from, you know, the, the 40th minute through the 90th and you can't disagree with the result in this match. Yeah, I mean, I think we called it last week where it was going to be a draw. Um, I think both of us called a draw. But, um, yeah, definitely, I was happy to see the way the game turned out because we could have easily went down 2-0 and just gave up. Um Jane, you and me both. You and me both. Um But yeah, like I said, we could have definitely got down on our on our laurels and just let the game go. We're already down one. Why not make it two? Good reason to give an excuse to call it a night. But we didn't. Instead, Andrew Thomas stepped up and made it uh made it a match and definitely turned the tide for us, turned the momentum to our side and allowed us to score Three unanswered, which I think the last time we did that was Sacramento. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only time we did that. Um, I mean, this season, I believe so, but it, um, we've done it other times in the past. Yeah, so for us to go on a three on a three goal run, I'll take it any day of the week. Um, I'm still waiting for David Carl's premonition of Schneider Borgelin to score an important goal. Obviously this past weekend was not that important goal time. So <laughs> yeah, not this past weekend, unfortunately. I mean, again, he, he had some moments where he, you think he would do a little bit better, but unfortunately he didn't um, still waiting for him to, to find his mark. Uh, and, and what he's going to do you know, with this club. I mean, he does do some things well. Like he's, you see him making, again, you see him made a few runs in this one. Can't quite put anything on frame with power in a spot that the keeper that isn't directly at the keeper, I should say. Um, so yeah, waiting to see what happens there. Greg Hurst still hasn't gotten really much of anything going. I saw some people saying that, you know, Santi had been completely demoted. Santi has not been completely demoted. It's just, you know, three matches in eight days again. Like, you got something's got to give, you know? Like, you can't put Santi out there for every single match. Um, you know, Brucey coming back off the injury, you know, he had about 17 minutes or so. Or not even 17, he got about eight minutes or so on uh, on Friday night. So I imagine we'll see Brucey on Wednesday. Uh, probably about my guess is probably about 60 minutes or so 60 65 because you know from my perspective you don't want brucey out there you know doing the full 90 for these last five minutes you know for the last five matches because we're going to need him if we do somehow get into the playoffs we need him healthy and ready to go um but uh, yeah definitely some good things out of this match definitely some bad things out of this match but you know what i'm trying to think back you see how we both picked a draw i think I think when we were talking, and I and I, I hope someone, I'll, I'll fact check it later, but I think, I think I might have said we get a win in this one, or that this is our best chance to get a win coming up, at least on paper anyway. Um, yeah, because, you did say that. You did yeah. say this was our best chance to get a win. Um, I, 
I don't know. I honestly, God, did not expect to get a win. <laughs> I and it's easy to think that way, you know. And you know, I kind of went into it with the perspective. It's a Mark Mark Lowry led team. We know these guys. We're very familiar with these guys. And Tyler and Chris Hirsch were talking about it on on the broadcast. You know, these a lot of this indie roster came from the Western Conference, and so they're guys that we've seen time and time again. And so we kind of understand how to play against them. You know, Cam Lindley, you know, Solomon Asante, who really was almost a non-factor in this match, uh, to be completely honest with you. Um, he only had a handful of touches uh, that were of any sort of significance at all. Uh, so I felt like we did a really good job of controlling him. Um, Gwenzadi, obviously a top-tier talent, and it's going to be really hard to keep him off the score sheet no matter what you do. And, you know, he Gwenzadi had a pretty good game. You can't fault him for that. So, um, big, and big like, win. Gonzadi, he's, he's always been good. Last season when he was at Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. he's always been good. He was a Golden Cup nominee or Golden Boot nominee last season. Yep. So yeah, he's always been good. And, he, and for him to be in the USL still, I don't understand. When you have him in the USL, but you have other players – that are less than him playing MLS and other leagues. I don't get it. Yeah. I get it. You know, it's, uh, I, I think part of it might be, well, he's, he's not even all that old. He's, well, he's 32 now. So that could be part of it, you know, cause you look at some of those leagues like MLS, they, they do t- want to go try. They're trying to go younger. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I felt like United had a pretty strong night. I mean, obviously, you can go if you look at the go back and look at the full tape. You can go through and pick out individual moments where United did not perform or you know gave up something that they really shouldn't have. Or you see those, you know, that those thirty minutes or so where the the composure wasn't there. But you also see you know moments like these where you know you've got Sergio driving the ball forward, which is what we see. You see Zico Bailey driving the ball forward. You know, those are things that we've been asking of these guys and wanting. You know, because when defenders turn and run and have their backs to guys like Sergio and Zico, they can create. And they can really, you know, cause problems for other teams when they do that. So I'm a huge, huge fan of the way Zico plays. When you see him higher up than you're seeing Amando Moreno, Schneider Borgelin, um, Sergio Rivas, when you're seeing him playing higher than them, you know it's an attacking night. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about Amando. Amando has a lot of freedom, particularly under Eric Quill, to go and do what he what he needs to do and be in, and put himself in different positions. And you know, you don't see him sticking to to one area. You see him floating around, get trying to get involved in the play. Because when Amando Moreno's involved, you know, a lot of times something good is gonna happen. So, you know, and, and so I think Zico and Amando and some of these guys have a lot more freedom to do what they want than they would than what we would have seen under Troy or Zach. And, and that's not to say that, you know, we didn't get good things out of Amando under Troy or Zach. We did, but you know, looking at, at what they're doing under coach Quill, you know, I think they're really flourishing here. I think Brucey is as well. And there's some other guys that are doing really well. Like I'm really amazed at how many minutes Josh Suggs has been getting these past few past couple months, you know, coming back from his injury and, um, you know, seeing him really contribute and be like, and be a veteran voice on the field, which is something that we that we needed. You know, not that we didn't have other veterans, but you know, Suggsy being out there is, in a way, comforting. 
because you know he's a guy that's gonna be dependable you know and, and something someone that you're not gonna have too many issues with in terms of getting into issues with yellow cards or red cards or you know a guy that's gonna make a lot of mental errors and so quill has these guys you know, you can see it you can see things and we've talked about before you can see what quill wants to do you can see how he's getting things out of different players and you know it'll be really a really interesting conversation here in a couple of weeks no matter no matter which way the season goes you know as to what happens next year yeah there's a few people i would love to see come back mm-hmm. but there are a few names on my list i do not want to see back yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure we can pick out those, pick those names uh, without too much hesitation. But we will save that. We'll save that until our, uh, our whatever we get into after the season. Um, That's our shit housery season. I can't wait. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into we'll get into all sorts of things here once the once the season is over, whether it be the regular season, postseason, whatever it is for New Mexico United. But and we can't get too comfortable though because we also have the runners coming up. We do have the runners. That is very true. The runners season should be kicking off here in uh, late December. So uh, hopefully we'll be getting news from uh, Andres Trujillo pretty soon or Coach Steve. We're going to try to get them both on the show as well to talk about the runners. But, you know, in the meantime, we do have five matches left in the regular season for New Mexico United, two of which are coming up this week, Wednesday, Saturday affairs. Uh, Wednesday, they're out in California taking on Sacramento Republic FC, who United did beat 3-0 just a few matter of weeks ago. And then on Saturday, we have Pittsburgh Riverhounds, first place team in the Eastern Conference. Two extremely tough matchups for United this week. And uh, realistically, this could spell the end of the season if United does not walk out with at least one. I would, I would say with at least one win. I mean, a, a draw would be yeah, nice. Yeah, so a win as it stands right – or a win and a draw as it stands right now puts us tied for eighth place. Mm-hmm. So in a perfect world, two wins would be nice. That yeah. That puts us it, above the playoff line. Yeah, it absolutely would. Um, yeah, it's – and that that's the tough thing about this. You know, you look at the, the results from around the league over the weekend. You know, El Paso lost, which was good for us. Oakland Roots lost, which was good for us. Monterey, however, continued their winning ways, picked up their fourth straight win. Colorado beat Orange County. And then uh, Rising won again as well. They've won four out of five as well over there. So, I mean, one loss out of two isn't necessarily the end of things, but it does put a much bigger spotlight on the other match. Uh, if we lose at, at Sacramento tomorrow night, it's going to be a huge deal on Saturday. Saturday could, in theory, be the end of the season. According to USLChampionship.com, we have about a 10% chance of making the playoffs right now. And as you mentioned, Earl, we're four points back of Monterey Bay for that eighth spot. And again, our everyone right around us in the, in the West, their end of season comp their end of season end of season schedule is not great. Nothing is very favorable, but club some of these clubs are getting results, some are not. I mean, Oakland has now lost four in a row. So they're on a slide. I mean, there's there's is some wiggle room provided you know results go our way, but 
you know, looking at Sacramento, they've won three of five. They've clinched the playoff. They did clinch a playoff berth this past weekend. They are still looking for home field advantage. So I don't expect them to be resting on their laurels just because they're already in the playoffs. Uh, their leading scorer for the year, Russell Cicerone, has not scored in over a calendar month. Uh, so he is due. And, you know, Sacramento's still finding ways to win. They're three points clear of San Antonio for that first spot with a match in hand on San Antonio as well. So, you know, it's, I know we can go back and say, oh, we beat them 3 0 earlier in the season. This is not the same Sacramento that we, that we played a few weeks ago. No, because a few weeks ago, or what was it now, a month and a half ago that we played them, we had, I want to say we had uh, bees with us that night. Mm hmm. I do believe that is correct. That's a big part of it. We also did not have Schneider board, board again. We did not. And Sacramento was without Russell Cicerone and a uh, uh, not Cicerone. They were they were without their number one keeper that night, and so uh, they they did have. Um, oh, I had the name all prepared and ready to go. And I just lost it. Uh, Danny Vitiello. Danny Vitiello uh, was in was in between the sticks for Sacramento that night, so they didn't have Carlos Saldana going. And it was, you know, let's be honest, it was not a good night for Sacramento. And United did kind of have their way with it. Um, which, and we, don't get me wrong, it was fun to see. And we thought that that might be a turning point for United to say, hey, we can go in and we can beat the top team in the West at that point and, you know, get goals from uh, from Harry, Amando, and, and Nikki on that night. And, United looked really, really good. Until they didn't. Until the very next week. Yeah, I, I was about to say. Well, the next the next match was Orange County, which wasn't a terrible match. I mean, that was a 1-0 loss to Orange County, who, as we know now, is a very, very good team. Um, and, you know, that was uh, just unfortunate. You know, a couple things go... A slightly different in that one and United walks away with a win. So you, I, I don't know that I can necessarily say that, you know, Orange County, we looked terrible. We certainly didn't look great. We didn't finish our chances against Orange County. I don't think we created very many chances. That was a very defensive match. Um, so, but yeah, I just, I, I look at Wednesday and this, again, this is a very different Sacramento side. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of our chances, but I'm not ruling out the possibility that we pick up at least a point. But I just don't know yet. Earl, is there anything that, that sticks out to you as something that United can take advantage of tomorrow night? Not really. I mean, you said it. Sacramento is a completely different team from what we saw a month and a half ago. Um, they... They're healthy, they're on a winning streak, and they're still sitting number one in the league, or at least in the Western Conference. I'm not sure about the league, but for sure Western Conference. Um, so with that, I mean, I don't like our chances, but then again, I didn't like our chances this past weekend. Mm -hmm. There have been a few games that I didn't like our chances that somehow we pulled out a point, if not three. Um... So there's nothing that really stands out to me that says, hey, take advantage of this because this is where it's going to be. I mean, had it been 
a month and a half ago with Danny Vitiello in there, that's what I'm going after. Take shot after shot after shot, attack the midfield, attack the mid the midfield to get to the to get to the keeper and you're in. But unfortunately, we, they have healthy players now and they have a better keeper in in goal. So there's nothing that stands out in in my mind or on paper that says, yeah, we're the better team. Um, so, I mean. Yeah, this one's really hard. You know, you go back and you look at um, how things have been going for us then, how things were going for, for Sacramento back then. At that point, you know, and even, you know, I mean, Sacramento is still one of the very best. They are the best defensive team in the league. They've only allowed 22 goals all season long. And we have three of them. <laughs> um, you know, so, but again, it's Vitiello and goal. And they had a number of guys out due to injury. And so very, very different team. Um, and really Saldana has been very good for them. He's got 12 saves over the last three matches. Um, a couple of weeks ago, they gave up 20 shots to, I think it was Oakland. Uh, let, let me double check. I had that pulled up earlier. I want to say they gave up 20 shots to Oakland um, a couple of weeks ago and uh, only six of them were on target. So yeah, it was Oakland. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I look at this on paper and, and really I'm going to kind of pull both matches into one here, here for just a second of the two matches this week between Pittsburgh and Sacramento. I think our best chance at points it's honestly going to be Sacramento. I truly do. Now, you mentioned you know, controlling the midfield, attacking the. That's absolutely it. You need to. See, we need to see Nikki Hernandez working through there. We need to see, you know, Sergio Rivas driving and and you know being forceful in the midfield, not sitting back. You know, those guys also have to drop back because Sacramento is going to be attacking. You know, you look at their attacking options: Rodrigo Lopez. You know, Ciceroni, like they've got guys that can absolutely score that are, are true threats week in and week out, no matter who they're playing against. And I just, it's hard. It, it, it's, it's tough to say that the best defensive team in the league potentially be suspects, you know, it, it's hard to say that, but I, I really think that with Andrew Thomas in goal, we are on a similar level in terms of goalkeeping as Sacramento is as a Sacramento. And so I think that's going to keep us in the game. And maybe we pick up a, you know, a, a cheeky goal. Maybe, maybe we get the third penalty of the season. I don't know, but you know, I, I think that's what it's going to, it's not going to be like some, you know, three, it's not going to be three nil again. I don't think it's going to be like two, two, three, three, nothing like that. I think this ends up being like a one nil match. For, for United and Andrew Thomas to me is going to be the key for that. See, and unfortunately you said one nil. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have faith even with Andrew Thomas in there to have a clean sheet. Okay. okay. Um, I just don't. 
for every reason, I just don't have faith that Andrew Thomas holds a clean sheet. I I would love to see it. And I like I said, I would love to see it. And that'd be great. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I really do. I think with the additions that we've made, minus uh, Schneiderboard again, um, with all the other additions that we've made, I think that we can definitely put up some points on this one. Um, But unfortunately, it is Sacramento, and we don't do good in Sacramento. No, historically, we haven't. Yeah, historically, I believe we've only won once. Brucey. And that was that Brucey banger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I believe that was the only time we've ever won there. So they obviously know how to defend their field. They mm-hmm. obviously know how to score goals because they are sitting number one. Um, With that, I think we're sitting at 2-2. Two, two. I think we're sitting at 2-2. Two, two. Okay. All right, interest, interesting pick there. I mean, I get it. I understand. Yeah, we really have never played well out in Sacramento, so that's not surprising at all uh, to hear you say that. But, yeah, I just I, I look at it, and I really think it's going to be a low scoring. I really don't think that anyone really kind of – I don't think I don't think we see four goals. I just I just don't. I mean, it could absolutely happen, but I don't think it is. I, I think the, the, the defenses shine in this one, and we pick up, you know – we pick up a, a one goal and kind of hold on to it, and it's going to be a clincher. It absolutely will because Sacramento can score. You know they they really can. And you know, looking at that one compared to the Pittsburgh on Saturday, and honestly, there's not a whole lot of difference. You know, Pittsburgh is the number two defense in the league. They've only conceded 26 goals on the season. They are. So let me let me correct myself. Okay. If and that's a big if we see bees. If he plays, um, I, I I doubt it happens. But if we see him, I think three two. Okay. If we don't see him, then it's two two. Okay, interesting. All right. Yeah, I I wish we knew the status of bees. I really wish. Every time I, I talk to some folks at the club, I he's close. He's close. He's close. You know, like. If he plays, you know, it'll be this. Like, I don't know the time frame on it. It seems like it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. And again, broken kneecap, a hard thing to come back from, you know. Um, I honestly would not be surprised at this point if we don't see him again. At least not until the playoffs. If we make the playoffs. I, I would not be surprised. But if we see him back on the pitch before then, I... I um. I think if we don't, I think if we get eliminated this week, I don't think we see him again this season. Simply because there's no reason to, there's no reason to run him out there, you know. But that's neither here nor there. That's something we can discuss so another time. You yeah. you mentioned the big E word. Hmm? If if that happens, do we start playing subs more often and less of who we? of less of who we normally see, or do we continue to play and try to play spoils? That's a very good question. Um, I think, I think you do see chances given to some of the Academy kids, the ones that are currently on Academy contracts, not necessarily the younger kids, but some of the Academy contract kids. I think you do say like miles get some time. Um, 
but outside of that, like you, you really, I really don't see too many changes. But once I think once we are eliminated, I think I think we do get those opportunities. Just so Quill kind of has an idea. Not that he doesn't see them every day at practice, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a good idea to give them opportunities to get out and play in front of a crowd that size to prepare them for you know college or whatever comes next. I think I think it's I think that's the right call, but we'll see. Um uh, but yeah, Pittsburgh on Saturday, Pittsburgh, like I said, second best defense in the league. Um, this one I have less faith in, uh, in our ability to pick up any points. Pittsburgh is 11, one and three at home this year. They have picked up 36 points at home. I would much rather that match be here than there, but I, uh, Bob Lilly, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, they are a staple in the playoffs in the Eastern conference. They're a team that's performed well all season long. I mean, they've been right there at the top. You know, you can't really uh, question whether or not they've already clinched a spot. I think Dequa may be the golden boot winner this year. He's got 17 goals and 24 appearances, and I just don't – I just don't see it. I, I don't see this one at all. Um, you know, I, I don't see this one going our favor. I mean, Pittsburgh is just – uh, I think Pittsburgh is just too talented for us to go in there, particularly on that, you know, on the coast to coast swing, you know, you're playing in California on Wednesday, going to going to Pittsburgh on Saturday. Like, I just don't see it. I don't, that that's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of travel. Cause I imagine the teams flying up to Cali today and then they're going to probably fly to Pittsburgh. My guess is Thursday. Cause I don't see them leaving after them after the match tomorrow night. Cause it would be, you know, I'd be a red eye out of, out of Sacramento or wherever they fly into to, to get back to the East coast. Like I just don't see it. And yeah, I, that, it's rough. It's really piss poor scheduling. If you ask me on behalf of the USL to do that. Um, now I know there's nothing we can do about it, you know, whatever, but that's just an awful thing to do to any team. I don't care who it is, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Pittsburgh is an extremely talented team, I, and there's really not much more I can say about this one. Other, I just I, I don't see us getting points out of this one. The schedule doesn't work in our favor, and and Pittsburgh is just extremely talented. So yeah, I I, I feel the same way. And when I saw it the other day, and I noticed it for the first time, I think Friday after the match, mm-hmm. when I was looking, I was like, oh, that fucking sucks. Okay. Um, but I mean, it all depends on how we play in Sacramento. If we play good, maybe I mean, it's very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Maybe we take that momentum into Pittsburgh and try something new out there. Um, that'd be my hope. But I, I'm kind of on the same boat as you where I don't have faith in this match only because we've seen what. Uh, only because seeing what we've had happen before has never been good. Um, but I'm going to go against what you said. I'm predicting a win there. Okay. Uh, right now we're sitting on do or die moments where if we lose, we're out. So we control and we, it's been the past five seasons. 
We've controlled our destiny the past five seasons. We really have. Unfortunately, that seems to become the club motto where it used to be Somos Unidos. Now it's control your destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and if United, you happen to print uh, some kind of t-shirt or anything like that, I am going to be requesting royalties. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I don't do this for money. I do this because I love being awake at 948 at night. Um, so, yeah, so I'm I'm predicting a win. Unfortunately, it's going to be a low-scoring win, and I'm calling it 1-0. Okay. Earl with a, with a interesting prediction there. 1-0 win in Pittsburgh on Saturday. Uh, Jane, to your point, neither of us will disagree with you. Jacob wouldn't disagree with you either. Um, I mean, it really could have been done differently, though. It really could have been. The league could have scheduled it differently. I mean, if you do, like, Pittsburgh and Louisville this week, that would have made more sense. And then do, you know, and then do that Sacramento trip, uh, you know, here in, uh, next week or something, you know, or whatever the case is. Like, it, or, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just terrible scheduling by the USL championship to do that. Because um, I'm curious, I don't know. Let me see if there are any other games tomorrow night before I say anything incorrect. So, I mean, Lucid City plays tomorrow, Sacramento plays tomorrow, Memphis, Birmingham. I mean, we still have Memphis on the schedule too. So like, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous scheduling. Like there's no reason this couldn't have been worked out some other way, you know, but it, it is what it is with the league. Um, uh, but yeah, my prediction, I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't see us picking up points in, in Pittsburgh. I would love to be wrong. I really would. I would love to be wrong. You know, I, I think three points this week keeps us in the, in the discussion, I do think looking at the looking at, at the other matches around the league, uh, you know, you've got Monterey and San Diego. I see San Diego potentially beating Monterey here. That keeps us in, in the discussion. Indy 11, I think, could beat Rising tomorrow night. Uh, that helps us out as well. And then you look at Saturday, um, you know, Western Conference, Sac Republic, and Colorado Springs. Um, a switchbacks loss there would be good for us. A draw is fine. San Antonio, Orange County, neither the, that match really didn't have any impact. But rising locomotive Saturday night, that's going to have a huge impact. And then our Oakland Monterey Bay on Saturday as well. Uh, both of those matches there, huge potential impacts for us. So, uh, we'll figure out who to root for. Honestly, I think in roots Monterey, I think you're rooting for a draw. <laughs> Honestly, I think you're rooting for a draw there. Uh, and Oakland win puts them on 43. Monterey win puts them on 42, I believe, if they don't win at San Diego tomorrow. Uh, Locomotive and Rising, a Rising win puts them on 48. Um, which honestly, honestly, I think a Rising win is the best possible answer there for us. So um, if, if Blue City wins, so here's how I'm seeing it. If Blue City wins versus Miami, we don't Blue City, clin- huh? Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm just saying, Blue City clinches. Mm-hmm. I don't see them playing any kind of starter after that. Well, they're I still playing for home field, though. Okay. Um, a lot of a lot of matches can be clinched this week. Mm-hmm. 
yeah if you're if you look at usl championship they they obviously have a uh they've got their uh playoff race to the playoff article that came out comes out every week yeah that's um, what i'm looking at right now yeah lucid can clinch a playoff berth um my memphis can clinch birmingham's already in sack um, can clinch a home field mm-hmm. with a win and a phoenix loss Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I, I just I look at the you know, we we need results. I, again, if we somehow manage to win out, I mean, we obviously would be in. Um, I I, I want to say we would be in if we went out fifteen points, and given the, the the schedules from around the Western Conference, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I'm gonna say two nil Pittsburgh on Saturday. I just don't see it happening for us. Okay. So, yeah. I just don't. I I, I I think Pittsburgh is just too good. And, and again, at home, they picked up, you know, 36 of, uh, yeah, 36 of their 57 points earned this year are at home. So, yeah. It's an incredibly tough place to play. Pittsburgh is extremely talented. I, I just, I don't see it. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, I hope so. And that's I'm calling it one nil, but I I've been wrong more than twice this season. <laughs> uh that you have, that you have. Um, Earl, before we get out of here, do you have any closing thoughts about the USL, NFL, WWE, anything else that tickles your fancy this week? Actually, I don't. I mean, it's been a busy week for all five of those that you just rattled off, but nothing really that. Tickled my fancy that needs to be addressed. Um, I mean, obviously, the WWE merged with UFC, TKO, Endeavor, whatever the hell they would call themselves these days. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock came back on Friday Night SmackDown. John Cena was there. Um, this writer strike that's going on in Hollywood is kind of nice because I'm getting to see all my old, all my old childhood uh, idols. But, I mean, nothing really stands out for me. All righty then. Well, that's going to do it for us here this evening. For Earl, for Jacob, for myself, uh, we do appreciate each and every one of you who is watching and listening, whether you're here with us live or you listen later in the week. Jane, we appreciate you popping over in the chat, as always, throwing your comments up in there. Uh, we do appreciate all of the interactions that we have with everybody, whether it be social media, which – Admittedly, you know, since Jacob has not been here, our social media presence has not been great. That's something we will, we do need to work on. But we do appreciate each and every one of you. So if you do, uh, wherever you're listening, following, make sure you're sharing, liking, rating, commenting, all that fun stuff. It does help us. Uh, we do appreciate each and every one of you. And we're going to keep cheering on United no matter what happens this week. Uh, with any luck, we pick up some points to stay in the playoff picture. But until next time, somos unidos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.